0: This month, we've been talking about money. We, we started a series. Pastor Pete started the, the message on treasure from uh, his house in the living room. We had worship. It was for those who missed it. It was a great time. Um, I'm going to continue on from his teaching. It should not be confusing. Uh, he, he gave a great teaching, but I'm going to continue on. And some points, there's so much in the scripture that I'm going to continue on from there. But we're talking about treasure. Actually, it's it's our treasure, which is money. And we need to know that money is you know, it's important to God. That's the title of this is money is important. Unfortunately, us in the church, you know, if you don't have any money, it's bad. You know, it's it's money's a bad thing, so I'm doing good by not having any of that bad stuff. And then when God blesses you and you have some of that stuff. You don't tell anybody that you got it because you're kind of embarrassed that you got it, and they don't. But I want you to know that if if it has that much control on you, it truly is a God. It's controlling you. It controls you that you think bad of it, and you try not to think, you know, or talk about it when you don't have it. And then when God blesses you and you do have it, You know, it's like, well, I don't want to embarrass those who don't, so I'm not going to talk about it. I want you to know on either side of this picture, that makes makes money controlling. And anything that controls you is a God. It has power over you. So money can have power over those who don't have it in the church, and money can have power over those who do. Because they're embarrassed. They don't want to embarrass you. They don't want to make it look like, you know, they're showing off or anything. I want you to know that it is a blessing of God to have it. And it should be a hope for those of you who don't. It is a hope. So what we want to do today is I want to take that that pain, that scariness, that our culture or what we've heard about money or how movies have, you know, depicted Christians and money and how they're at opposite ends of each other. The church is always asking for money. It is clear from the scriptures that Jesus talked more about money than he did heaven and hell combined. Because it's important. And I'll let the cat out of the bag. My goal is that we turn money from having control over us, to being a tool. It needs to be a tool. I can talk about my tools. You want to talk? Let's talk about tools. Yeah, you live in Florida? Let's talk about generators. We can talk about gen- Those of us, who has a generator? We can talk about generators. Hey, how, you know, how, many, how many watts do you run? How long does it run? How many, ga- how, how many gallons? I mean, we can t- I have three generators. Why do I have three generators? Because I want to keep my wife. And not only do I keep her, but I'm going to keep her happy and cool during any power outage. She loves me a little bit more. Some of y'all might want to think, you know, I'll attract women by having a sports car. I attract them by having electricity and AC. You wouldn't believe how many people call me and they're my best friend when they go, you got power? Yes, I do going to come for a long visit. It's a tool. Money, the Bible is telling us it is a tool. And if you're afraid to talk about it, it's got control of you, either because you don't have it or you have so much of it. It's controlling you, and now it's no longer a tool. I brag about my tools. You know what? I got a battery charger, a six battery charger. That's right, six batteries getting charged at one time. Uh Uh-huh. Now, my goal is I want a whole Milwaukee set. You know, I only have Ryobi. I've been blessed halfway. You know, I'm going to try to grow my faith to get the greater blessing. Get to Milwaukee. Some of you go, I have Milwaukee in the refrigerator. Wrong Milwaukee. (laughs) You just, showed, you just showed yourself, okay. <laughs> not only do you drink beer, you're drinking cheap beer. Uh, <laughs> if you're going to drink it, get better stuff. All right. But I can talk about tools because it's not my God. It's a tool. And I don't expect, you know, you might envy me because I have this tool. That's okay. God's blessed me. You know why he's blessed me? Because he's given me opportunity to make money to buy that tool. And I'm not afraid, so afraid of buying a nice tool because I'm not afraid of money. He's given me ability to make money too. So I can buy nicer tools to make more money to be a part of a service that he wants money to be a part of. So we need to take fear out of this whole money thing. If you have it or you don't, I'm going to just shake the throne the power that money has on us off today by God's word. Is that okay? I want to turn it into a tool. I'm tired of money using me, abusing me, making me fear of it if I have it or don't. I want to call it a tool. That I'm free to talk about it, because I'm in control. I'm going to make the decisions. It's many. It's just so funny how so many Christians pretend that money is not important until you walk outside of the building. Now it's everything. Where we're we going to eat? Can we afford to go out to eat? Can we? Can we? Like, but in here, well, we don't talk about money. But something magical about that door back there. As soon as you go through it, money's everything. But at least we get an hour where money means nothing, especially when it comes time for the offering. (laughs) Wow. Well, let's establish a couple of things here before we get started. I want you to know that no one in the church today, especially this church, is under obligation to give money. We're no longer under the law. When you were, you were under the You had to give. You had to give this much. You are not under the law. You are under grace. You are free to give, and you give by faith, believing that what you give is going to bless and grow the church and families and marriages. And also, there's a, a, a blessing in it for you because you're showing your heart. The Bible says, you know, wherever you put your money, that's your treasure. That's, your, that's, that's where your heart is, where that treasure is. So it's revealing to us where our heart is. The next thing is the Bible is very clear. There are two treasures, that, two levels of wealth. The first level, the Bible says, this is the one that goes, this is the one you want. And that's our treasure in heaven. So that down here, we do certain things that store up treasures in heaven. And so that's forever. That is for eternity. Things that we do down here store up treasures in heaven. And Jesus talks about that a lot. That's one of the reasons he talks so much about money. He talks about getting that wealth established. And the second level, of treasure, second level of wealth is here. It's money, things that we accumulate. He talks about both of them. They're they're both good. One is forever, and it's the most important. It is the supreme, what we should be striving to do. And then there is another. It's not a bad thing. That second level of wealth and treasure is here on earth. And the Bible gives us clear definitions on how to to use it, how to see it, how to feel it, how to talk about it, this material wealth. Let's take a look just to establish it. The Bible makes it clear that material wealth is very important because it can determine how much eternal eternal wealth we end up with. That's shocking to some. It says, yes, you can use this temporary wealth to assure eternal wealth. That's why this wealth has to be a tool. It can't be a God because it's not going to give itself up for something else. It, 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 it makes us afraid of it or it makes us in fear of talking about it so we don't hurt others. But the Bible is going to tell us you need to make it a tool it needs to work for you. You need be the, be, to be the one in charge, not money. You're to say how it goes, where it goes, where it stays, where it moves over to. For a purpose. That it works. So, in the scriptures it says, this is what Jesus is worthy. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Is Jesus Worthy. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. And here's what he's to receive power and wealth. What? He's to receive wealth. But isn't wealth a dirty? Isn't it? He's to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Let me ask you this question. Can you misuse power? Can you misuse wisdom? I can use it to manipulate you. Can you misuse wealth? Absolutely. You can misuse strength, that's obvious. You can misuse honor. I can misinterpret why you're, you know, the honor that I receive. I I can I can use my glory or praise. You can use your praise of me to manipulate me. Every one of these can be misused. But it's wealth the one that we just throw out that is just dirty. I don't, I don't think the Holy Spirit made a mistake here. And having these words written down, I don't think the angels made a mistake when they were yelling and singing, worthy of the lamb who, was, lamb who was slain. But wealth, praise, honor, glory. So I want you, us to realize that somehow culturally, something in our past, some, some, something has told us a lie and it's a snare of the devil If it continues, we've got to settle this issue of it being a God, money being a God, and make it my tool. That it works, and it works. You know, I have tools, I have tools that help me the next job to be easier. I buy better tools with money that I make to make the next job easier, to make more money. And so it should be. But with money, it, it is to invest in the kingdom. So I can make more investments in the kingdom. That is, becomes a tool. Let's take this pain away from the whole concept of money. In Haggai 2, it says, The silver is mine, the gold is mine declares the Lord Almighty. It all belongs to the Lord. He just allows some of us to be good stewards of it. Because at the end of the day, you're not taking it with you to heaven because you know what? Because you had been storing up treasures in heaven with the treasures that you made on earth. It needs to be used. Not afraid of, not in fear of, so let's take a look. This is the teaching. This is the scripture that that Pete started with, and he went on and told the story. And I'm going to highlight a few things to get a, a little further down it. Luke sixteen thirteen. No one can serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Man, here's the deal that just blinks. It was just blinking at me as, as Pastor Pete was teaching. It, you know what? It doesn't, it doesn't say that you have a choice other than whom you're going to serve. You are either going to serve God or you're going to serve money. It doesn't, it's, it's not like, oh, I don't want to serve either. No, no. If you don't serve God, you're serving. It ends up being money. It's all about you. It's all about your kids. It's all about someone else. It's all about the business. You are serving it. Everything you do is motivated to get that. Everything that you respond to is because of that. Either you respond to God, you serve him. It's kind of like, oh, I get a choice on who I get to serve. Uh You're going to serve. The question is not whether you're going to serve. It's whom are you going to serve. So if you don't choose God consciously every day, who are you serving? At the end of it, it's money. It is, you are serving it. You're serving it. What would you want to serve? God, who loves you, or money, who loves itself? Loves itself. Joshua 24 says, you know, Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. They said, You choose, you make this choice every day. You just don't do it. Every day, I make a choice whom I'm going to serve. Verse 15 says, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. It doesn't. If it's not the Lord, you get the choice whom you serve. You're not God, because serving yourself, you end up serving another Lord. So it's about choice. Every day making decision. Well, Luke sixteen nine. Let's get ahead of this verse. In sixteen nine, it says this. It tells Jesus tells a parable, and everyone gets confused. Or it, Pete spent great time in explaining the parable. But this was the thing that sc- screamed out to me about the parable. Jesus said, "I tell you, use worldly wealth." So many of us are trying to do. I. I'm. I don't want to use worldly wealth. Why? Jesus told you to. Use worldly wealth. If God has given you the ability to gain worldly wealth, he says, use it. Some of you have the gift for money. Use it. It was he who's given us the ability. Use it. And in this parable... Jesus gives you the parable, but the bottom line was this truth: use worldly wealth. It goes on in verse ten. The, the very next verse: Whoever, whoever can be trusted with very little, can be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much. You know, we make the mistake, do you know what's those little things that make the difference in our lives? In relationships, oh, honey, why did you, What well, you know, tell me why you love me. Don't you, men, don't you hate that? You've been married for 40 years, and your wife goes, why do you love me? You know, what is it you love about me? I'm like, gosh, that's just not fair. Should have given me, should have asked me to be able to study up. You know, it's just like you wake up in the morning, yeah. Yeah, whoa, yeah. Why do you love me? It's like, man, how many, that's just not fair, is it? <laughs> I didn't have a chance to study. No. <clears throat> but you know what, you know what it means the most is when you mention some little thing that your wife does that she thinks you didn't notice. Because you noticed that? Come on ladies. You know, you let you go, Well, you gave me four great kids. No. Okay, three. One went south. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's those little things. When you mention the little thing that you don't think, she thought you noticed come on Erica <laughs> sometimes I don't even think you know I'm in the house but you saw that you know you know I don't listen to you but I saw that you know. Jesus is saying the same thing because don't think that you're, gonna, you, you're waiting for a better job when I get a better job I'll be a better worker ain't going to happen Jesus just promised that. That's one of the promises you would, Jesus never said. Like, well, I don't want to be faithful in that stupid little thing over there. Jesus said, okay, oops. You set. when those little things are important to you, I can give you big things. Because you paid attention to this when I didn't even pay attention to it. I can trust you with more. When I know you can see those little things, Wow. I, what I really like about the scripture says, if I can trust you in little, I can give you this much. It's like, sometimes it's this much, then this much, and this. Some people grow in increments. But this verse says, you know what? The more detail you give to this little thing and make it important. I just may give you that lottery ticket you've been waiting for. Just boom! Wow. Interesting, the the percentage of poor people who win the lottery are bankrupt in a number of years because they weren't faithful in little. They just won this huge thing, and then their lifestyle, and they lose it all. It's those little details. And Jesus said, Those of you who honor me with your little bit, your little wealth, I can trust you with more. Because it is he that blesses us, who gives us opportunities. It is the Lord who gives us those incredible opportunities. There's a gentleman. He lived outside of this town. He saw this land. He goes, man, I can get this you cheap I've got his idea do this here and divide this over here and develop that so what he did is, is he bought this land he got the opportunity to buy it and he farmed this he cleared this swamp out leveled the ground he took this section over here built some homes built himself a home built these homes over here sold them made a good bit of money and it became quite you know the success and so he's going to church and he took the pastor out and he said pastor I want to show you just what I've, I've done out here and uh, the pastor, goes, oh, you did, man, the Lord has blessed you. And you did that. Whoa, God has been good to you. And you did, Lord, I just, Father, I just want to thank you. What a blessing you've been to my brother. What a blessing. And he's blessing the church now. I just, what a blessing. Lord, you're so good. The guy interrupted him. and goes, Pastor, you know, you should have seen it when God was just in charge. I had a little bit to do with this. And here's what I'm trying to tell you. Exactly. God gives you a dream. He gives you an opportunity. He has given you a skill. And you invested yourself in it. And it returns. God has put a dream in all of our hearts, in relationships, of business, He's giving you an ability to possibly be the best worker this company's ever had. And we are we to give him credit, but he, he says those who work hard, those who work hard, he rewards with wealth. And that we are seen as belonging to him. If you belong to him, he gives you an opportunity to pour yourself into. He said he gives wealth to those who work hard and he blesses. Like so God's wealth, did he hand you a million dollars? Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Chances are he didn't. But let me ask you, what dream did he put in your heart? Was it a business? What abilities did he give you to develop? He's given you some type of swamp land somewhere to turn into gold. And for those, that opportunity and your your work, your skill, it grows wealth. And the Bible says, you know what? He is the one who allowed that but it's the enemy who comes along and tells you something wrong there's something wrong with money there's something wrong with working their hard that's something wrong with taking that risk oh if you take that risk you're going to lose money well that might be true and you need to move in wisdom you need to do research but i want you to know if money's your god you'll never take that chance if you're your god you're not going to work that hard you deserve more i deserve forty no more than 40 hours a week God rewards those who work hard. He says, and here's the real blessing. You're going to be mine. You're going to be seen as mine. The Apostle Paul went to the church in Corinth. Corinth was doing well. Other parts, there was famine throughout the Middle East. The Christians were starving, and they were in trouble. Hurricane hit the Bahamas, and Paul goes to the church in Corinth. It's doing well. He goes, "The Lord is blessing you." He goes, "Y'all like kings, and you are kings." So, once you know that you live in the United States, if you're on welfare in the United States, you're richer than two thirds of the rest of the world. You're in the top one third. Hallelujah. And Paul goes to the Corinthians He says, you need to give an offering. You need to give a gift. You need, the Lord has blessed you. His blessings on you. And these other brothers, they're not complaining. You wouldn't believe, you wouldn't believe your brothers. They were under such famine and they don't complain. They just bless God. And are believing for an answer. Because I want you guys to give. Look how he puts it in Corinthians. He goes, I am not commanding you. But I want want to test your sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness for others, your earnestness to give, to give a special offering, to give what God has blessed you with. Because I'm not not commanding you, but I want to test your sincerity. Verse 24 he says, there he ends the, the chapter. He goes, therefore, show these men the proof of your love and the reason for our pride in you so that the churches can see. Said, use your wealth into blessing others. Use your wealth in the work of the Lord. Use your wealth to place treasures in high places. So let me... Let me end this with this question. It's right where we started from. Whom are you serving? Whom are you serving? God or money? Are you afraid to talk about money? The second you go out that door, is money just consume your thoughts? Has God blessed you and you don't want to talk about money? You don't want to shame anyone else? It's a God instead of a tool. It should not have that kind of control on you. And we just don't need a good talk. We need to repent. I mean, you just don't have someone in the place of how God should be telling us how to to see money. But it's been controlling us. It has controlled us maybe in the past. It can control you in the future when you do get it. Whom are you serving? Is money a tool? Is it, at, is it at your disposal, your choice? I'm going to use it for this. I'm going to put it there. I'm going to keep it there. I want, are you really the one controlling it or is it controlling you? Is fear controlling you? That's your God. Money is your God. but put fear in you. That's a God I don't want to serve. That's why the Bible says you, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to serve. The only choice you have is whom? The only choice you have. God is, is, is a gracious, loving God. Money makes for a poor God. It tells us where our treasure is, where our faith is. Let me give you this last verse I keep reading going to, says, remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. He's the one who's put that dream in you. He's the one who's put that thought to invent this. He's the one who's put that song lyrics in your head, that desire to create this or do that. He's the one who's put that work ethic. You get up and you go and you do it with a smile because I'm not in a service to money. I'm not serving him. I'm serving God. He's given me the ability to make something, to be rewarded, to produce wealth, and so confirms you as his. If you make money, if you can create wealth, God is confirming that you're his. He's given you the opportunity. You know, don't be like that farmer you know, who's got that little that idea and that opportunity to buy this land and to, and then works hard, and then wants the credit. It would have never happened had the Lord not put that in his heart and his faith with it and hard work. It wouldn't have ever happened. God's put a dream, a thought, an opportunity. Corinthians says that every Christian has been given A gift. Doesn't say what the gift is, you discover it. What is that gift? Well, one I can tell you right now is to do it with all your heart, receive the reward, invest into heavenly treasures with worldly wealth. I I'm guilty. And I repent of probably not making money important enough. I've just always had a work ethic, and so if I worked, I had money. And if I didn't have what I wanted, I just worked until I had it. And and I I should have been a better investor. I should have seen it as a tool instead of, oh well, I just do this. I just give you know my 10 percent I give gifts. I should have seen it as a tool of more than I have. And he's like, well Mark, you, you built a church, your church started in your house. But you know what? I think God gave me a lot. so I needed to do a lot with it. I want to repent. And ask the Lord to forgive me because I didn't do more. I didn't see money as a, a bigger tool than it was. What little has He given you, or much, that you haven't been faithful with? Are you afraid of money? Afraid that you don't have it, afraid to spend it, afraid to talk about it, afraid to tell people what you got. It's a God. So I don't think we're to leave here and just go out. It's like, I'm going to be a better person. No, we've sinned against the command of God. And I'm the first person to stand saying, I want to repent. I want to repent that God wasn't always God. He money was that I've either been afraid of it or I didn't I didn't use it as a tool. If I didn't use it as a tool, it was using me. If you will join me, I'll just have you, if you want to repent of something on either side of this picture, of the past or the present, to have a new beginning, I ask you to stand with me as I pray. I'm tired, I'm tired of having the wrong God, I'm tired of it. A tomb, Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity of repentance, that's the Path that we've chosen. You will forgive us for allowing money to be a God to us instead of a tool. Lord, we want to see money as a tool, something we can talk about, something we can get out when it needs to be taken out and used, and something that needs to be put away and taken care of when it's not being used. Something that we make sure is not being you know, left out in the rain and abused, but it's kept someplace safe, that is put in the right situation to create, to create. Whether for those of us who've been embarrassed by money because you've given us the ability to make it, we boast of you, not about ourselves. We boast of you that you gave us the opportunity, that you've given us the strength to work that hard. I know many men and women who can't work that hard because of infirmities. I just thank you that you've kept me strong enough that I can still do it, and I bless you. Lord, by your Spirit that lives within us, Holy Spirit, Remind us tomorrow who we serve. When that opportunity comes up to invest in the kingdom, to use worldly wealth. When it comes time for us to do it and we want to move in fear, remind us who we serve. We don't serve money. We take care of it, we invest it, we use it money I declare for every man and woman standing you serve us we do not follow you you follow the people of God you follow the people of God we have a master and he lives in heaven who sent a son to save us from bondage I release men and women from the bondage of money today father we are your servant and we have a servant of our own it's called money it's called wealth so father we honor you we honor you worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive Wealth, strength, honor, and glory. We worship you with all our praise. And God's people said, amen.